Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Why Would You Tell Me That? It is part one. There will be part two momentarily. I say momentarily. I mean about 25 minutes. <laughs> Until then, you have to listen to me, Neil Delamere, and him, Dave Moore, chat about random stuff. Hello, Dave Moore. Hello, Neil Delamere. Welcome back to our podcast. I love hanging out. I love looking at you and your new glasses are a delight. Thank you very much. Um, I... Should say that we are proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network and you can get him at Dave Today FM and me at Neil Delamere Comedy. Can't believe I finally, after five series, finally remembered how you contact Dave <laughs> on Instagram. So I said to you last week, you had a cracker of a guest last week. I said to you this week we would chat to Jose Monkey, oh, the man Monkey. who uses all sorts of chicanery, all sorts of algorithmic witchcraft to find out where you shot a video. Yeah, so when people go on the internet and they are bored, they send something like a little video clip or a photograph or whatever to Jose Monkey and go, find me, Jose Monkey. Yes, and, and he then can he find does. people. He's so good at it. Uh, he's amazing. And people make it really difficult. But he also, the lesson to be learned is just how easy it is. And I think that's one of the reasons he kind of got involved in this. And yeah. he's absolutely fascinating man to talk to. Um, off air, shall we say. I use that in inverted commas. So for part one, I thought we'd stick to well, I'm not going to, I can't give the first bit away, but we okay. will get into why I am theming it just. Okay, go on, go on, go on. Just just kick it off, so. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I went to a table quiz the other night, and um, one of the questions was, what is measured in Mickey's? What is measured in Mickey's? And do not say the success of a hen party. <laughs> um. Oh, I'm going to be disappointed because it sounds like the kind of question I'd like to have the answer on the tip of my tongue, as it there, were. There is a clue in it. Yeah. Will I tell you? Go on. It's the movements of a computer mouse. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I thought you'd like that now. That is brilliant. See, that, I couldn't tell you that we're in the realms of computers because... Because I would have just gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jose yeah, yeah. Monkey, right? So yeah. sticking with... So that's my first little tidbit to start off my episode of... Mickey's. Well, tell me that. Okay, brilliant. yeah. Sticking with that level of childishness, Dave. Um, You know the way... What's the New Zealand rugby team called? The All Blacks. Okay. The New Zealand basketball team is called the... All Blacks? Tall Blacks. Ah, oh, stop. It is, yeah. No, did you not know that? Right, no, no, That's no. Pre- pretty well known. Okay. Well, about 20-odd years ago, the New Zealand badminton team thought we will get in on that and wanted to be called the Blackcocks. 
I swear this is true. I will send you the link. Please do not look it up on your browser. No, I won't. Because it will raise all sorts of questions. <laughs> in 2005, the, uh, the Blackhawks was the most popular suggestion so far in a competition being run by Badminton NZ. Because uh, of shuttlecocks and all the rest yes, of that. Yes, the hockey exactly. team is called uh, Black Sticks. So they, they got involved okay, in this. Okay, right, right, right. They, they went away from the all, though. I mean, like, like the blacks was in there, but it was all blacks, tall blacks. Yeah, you know. and then I mean that is a pretty much a fairly hard right hand turn away from yeah. all. All right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were expected to to confirm it at this board meeting, and apparently current players were fine with it. This is like now two thousand and five, right? Uh, and then there was like associations, <laughs> and then the International Badminton Federation went. I don't know. I really want to be shouting out. This was the quote. If you're over in China and you get introduced as the Black Cox, it raises some issues. That was the quote. But when the name was raised, they were inundated with sponsorship offers from companies like condom manufacturers. Oh, so stop. it was in the ether for a short period of time. But right. like weeks or months. Okay. And then okay. they went, no. So I will move away from the, the gutter, Dave. Good. Um, I'm glad. The tech that uh, Jose Monkey uses, right, which is available to us as well, kind of makes the world feel like a smaller place, right? Uh, so I thought, who has seen most of the world? Who actually has made the world the smallest place? Right. Who has flown more than anybody else? Who, as in an individual? An, or individual. Who, an individual. Who has flown more than anyone else? You're never going to get this unless you know straight away. No, I was going to say, is it a pilot? No. Um, but if it's not someone who does it for a living, then I, I have no idea. Well, I, you, well, <laughs> you've got two choices. Is it a pilot? No. Is it a passenger? Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I figured that once it wasn't a pilot. <laughs> His name is Tom Stuker. He's a 69-year-old New Jersey car dealership consultant. Right. And he is the biggest mistake United Airlines has ever made. He has cost them a fortune. Right. In 1990, right? 1990. Remember how many years ago that is? Yeah. United offered a lifetime pass. A lifetime pass. You can fly for the rest of your days for $290,000. And he went, I will have have some of that baby doll. Wow. Because he was a 1920s gangster. And he... (laughs) has flown a ridiculous amount since. He once went 12 straight days without sleeping in a bed. Oh, my God. (laughs) He just kept going from Newark to San Francisco to Bangkok to Dubai and back again. Just kept doing it. Just kept going all around the world. Yeah, he'd he'd get off the plane, he'd go into the lounge, he'd get back onto the plane again. Oh, my word. And do you know any of the details? Like, for example... Oh, I know all of the details. I'm sure you do. Do you know, is uh, is he only able to fly, like... As we call it economy, they call it coach. Or can is he is upgradable to business or well? First think pa- about it. If you fly that much, you get frequent flyer miles. Oh, miles, of course. So he has copped this, and he has gone. Hold on. Well, I just don't need to use these to book flights, but he obviously uses them to upgrade as well. Mm-hmm. So he's this dude is living on the pig's back. He is he Stop. is the sultan of the skies. He can also redeem those um, air, air miles. miles through United. And he only flies with United, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's had lavish hotel suites. He's been on week-long cruises. Car rentals. All of that sort of stuff. 2019 was his best year. He did, in in, in a description that could, I could, can only make Greta Thunberg weep. 
Right. His, his whole life is basically a rebuttal to <laughs> Greta Thunberg. She must be so upset. In 2019, he took 373 flights. There are only 365 days in a year. Yeah. Oh, my God. 1.46 million miles. Oh, my God. Right? And it would have cost him $2.4 million. And he spent 290 grand in 1990. And in one year, he would have spent 2.4 million. Yeah. He's done 6.1 trips between the Earth and the Moon, the equivalent oh, thereof. That's ridiculous. Yeah. like, But the weird thing is, there's a couple of weird things. Is They love him. Oh, so he hit 20 million miles a couple of years ago. And you can see this on YouTube. You can go yeah. online and see United basically celebrate him. And okay. they've, put, they've put his name on two planes. Thomas R. Stuker, passenger or customer, I think it actually says. Customer. Wow. And, and there's a like a shot. He has a, everybody got champagne on the flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's been in the air so often. He does an interview with him and the guy went, the journalist went, listen, I have to ask, has anybody ever died? Because you've been mm. in the English. Mm. Four people. Wow. Yeah. Four people on the one flight. They tried to take a seat. No. Four people <laughs> on, on four different flights throughout the, the entirety that he's been in the air. All heart attacks. And apparently one of them, they just looked around and went, um, just put a blanket over him and put the seatbelt on. Because if you, you're dead, dead. Like, you're what are dead. you going to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Do we know what the value, the monetary value of what he's flown is? In in that one year, it was one two, year was two point yeah, but four four do, million. Do we know what the two hundred ninety grand ticket what? has over the years? Oh, that'd be about six hundred eighty or ninety grand now. But like, if it says right, one point four million miles, one point four six million miles, and that was two point four four million dollars, yeah. and he's done twenty million miles. He's done over twenty million miles. He's done something like twenty two or twenty three million miles. Jeez. Now, well, that's I mean, it's it's. Twenty for, million dollars, yeah, probably at least, because at least, yeah. because obviously in the early days it didn't cost quite as much money. Yeah, he's also been in Seinfeld. Now that is an almost better claim to fame. How? Because he won an auction. He won a charity auction by bidding four hundred and fifty-one thousand miles to be in an episode. And four hundred and fifty-one thousand miles to to old Thomas's. Like, yeah, a, a puddle hop somewhere. So what episode is he in? And George's fiance dies from licking envelopes. Right. There's a scene in a diner, and Tom is in the diner. He's in the background in the diner. What a guy. What a guy. We love the idea of getting one over the man, don't we? Yeah, that's astounding. And I wonder, was science have any interest? I mean, he's been airborne, obviously, at a higher altitude, compressed and decompressed. All I wonder, like, it's not quite... You know he's flown to Mars and therefore his body hasn't aged and certain. But I wonder, like, is there are there anti aging things or some kind of weird science stuff that that they could investigate? Well, I'd imagine his body clock is like someone took a hammer to the countdown one. I'd imagine it's absolutely <laughs> fucked. Dave, well, if he's honest. gone, New Jersey, Frisco, where did you say then? On to Dubai Shanghai and Bangkok, and Dubai, Bangkok was, yeah. and Dubai. I mean, imagine what that's doing to your system. Yeah, it would be very interesting to see what his... Because, I mean, his... Wait, I've like, just figured something out. Go on. If he kept flying yeah. against the rotation of the Earth... Yes. Could he, he turn back time? He could certainly, like, have longer days. So he would... Would he be younger or older? Did Superman do that? <laughs> yeah, he did. Superman definitely did that. He Superman went back in time. and Cher 
both, I, I think, <laughs> tried to turn back time. I think. <laughs> but I, what I can't believe is that they love him. He's the big lost leader and they love him. But I suppose well, they kind of rope yeah, him in. They, they, they kind of have to as well. Because, yeah, because it makes them, if they were dicks to him, they'd look like ultra dicks. And he sits in 1B. That's his oh, favorite seat, stop. and uh, it. It, like he it. is on the plane before the ultra, ultra premium, premium, premium people are on the yeah. plane. He's on the plane chatting to the the pilot, and he always says, "When you get on, lie. When you see the cabin crew go, oh, I remember you from last time. Oh. You, had, you gave us such great service." And he goes, "I promise they will give you free stuff." That is a great shout. I love him. I love him. I love Thomas. Uh, sticking with the air for the moment. This is. One of the best things I've ever come across on this show. <laughs> and I have to thank Zach. He, I don't know his real name because he got into contact with us and he said, right. please do an episode on this. So let's stick with the air for the moment. Aircraft technology is very advanced now. Yeah. Um, same goes for missiles and bombs and drones and all the rest. It wasn't always the case. During the Second World War, the Americans were looking for uh, a way to make their bombs more accurate, right? So you can do one of two ways, right? You can fly low. It's more accurate, but then you risk your pilots, obviously, sure. and you risk your your aircraft. You can fly higher, but you have to have way more munitions because it's less accurate, right? Yeah. So what you need is a guidance system. So up steps B.F. Skinner, who's a famous psychologist from the University of Minnesota, and he goes, I can fix this. Pigeons. 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 He develops a system that meant pigeons could guide bombs <laughs> to targets. What? I am not joking. How is this true? Okay. So at the request of the U.S. Navy, NIST, which is what it is now, but at that time it was the National Bureau of Standards, NBS, mm. they developed a glider that could carry a 1,000-pound bomb okay. and a servo mechanism to move the glider's wings and steer the bomb to its target. Mm -hmm. So put the bomb in the glider. All we need now is something to maneuver the glider, right? Yeah. Pigeons. To maneuver. Pigeons. Pigeon pilots. Pigeon Pigeon pilots, right? So so Skinner is out. He said, I, I was watching the flock of birds lifting and wheeling information in the sky. And I suddenly saw them as devices with excellent vision and extraordinary maneuverability. Could they not guide a missile? Because we've all done it, Dave. We've all looked at pigeons <laughs> and thought, see that thing shitting on a statue? I should put that in charge of a bomb. <laughs> so he goes off to his little workshop and he yep. designs a little harness. No, I thought he was going to use some kind of technology in their brains or something. Well, he kind of does and he kind of doesn't. So he has this little harness. <laughs> yeah. Think of a little, think of a dove on a sex wing. Right. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, and that holds its body and its wings while allowing its head and its neck to move freely, right? Right. And then the pigeons were then given a pellet of grain when they pecked at an image of a ship or a building placed in front of them. Oh, so you show you show wow. them a ship or a yeah, building, yeah, and yeah. They, when they peck it, you give them grain, and they go, "Oh, I should peck this, right?" Yes. And by gradually extending the time between the peck and the food reward, he could train the birds to peck furiously if the, as the image moved around. Right. So as the boat comes into vision, yeah. they start going mental and start freaking and pecking. Yeah, yeah, and and they get it, I suppose, when they peck the center. Right. Yes. So yeah. eventually, his trained pigeons could peck, peck ten thousand times in forty-five minutes without stopping. Right. Right. So then, he he needs to translate that into steering a bomb. Yeah. They build a little uh, conductive surface and attach a gold electrode to the end of the bird's beak, and then a lens in the nose of the glider bomb puts 
projects an image of the ground below. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so the building that you're about to drop the bomb near onto this conductive screen. So the bird is inside the nose of the glide bomb <laughs> and it pecks <laughs> at a target when it sees it on the screen. Yeah. And that sends electrical signals to the mechanism controlling the wings. So pecks to the left or right of the screen steered the bomb in that direction. Oh, wow. And they were, got, they were given $25,000 for this. <laughs> right? He showed it to the powers that be, the, yeah. the military, in tests using projections from actual bomb films. It worked perfectly. No. Yeah. And then they went, mm, I don't trust a pigeon with a bomb. And he went, what about three pigeons? <laughs> and they went, what? So they went. It's a team of pigeon pilots. It's three pigeons. And you can see the head of the capsule is still in the Smithsonian in the, in the US. And yeah. um, they went, okay, if you don't trust one pigeon, surely the wisdom of crowds, we put three pigeons in there. And if two, <laughs> if two or more of the three pigeons peck to the right, Excellent. this thing then goes we'll to the go right. that way. And so what happened was, this was, they were like, hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I buy this, the powers that be, because they were, including engineers, they didn't yeah. know if there was a psychological fix to an engineering problem. <laughs> right. And uh, and then it was put on the back burner because they said uh, this this thing called radar might be a little bit Yeah, maybe efficient. that, maybe technology, computing, remote control. I mean, there's a lot of other things other than pigeons. Yeah, but they had actually tried, they had tried television cameras. They actually had put cameras in and okay. they had a guy trying to do it. And he wasn't as accurate. Too much interference. Wow. Whereas the pigeons, he trained the pigeons, by the way, as well. Um, because pigeons are completely calm in mental circumstances. Because you think about this thing is falling out of the sky. Yeah. It's making loads of noise. Um, pigeons are grand. That is unreal. But now, this is a kamikaze effort, obviously. Uh, oh, I thought it was dropping the bomb no this is this is the glider so, the bomb everything is heading for pigeons are in so pigeons are in the front of the nose cone gotcha. of the glider of the right? glider yeah. and they're and they're seeing what's below them yeah. and they're therefore pecking 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 because trying to keep the thing in the center um, but then when it goes off pigeons are no longer with us right and they never they never got their grain I suppose the key problem if it did work is at at some point the remaining pigeons would notice that their friends were not coming back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have thought that this um lads um anyone seen that go? Yeah, we're we're homing pigeons and no one ever ever comes back. <laughs> we're and we're highly trained. Like <laughs> and then there's like a pigeon that's turned. Go, oh no. Yeah, yeah no, they're, they're with the they're with the rainbow bridge. Yeah, they've they've gone they've gone they're at a much more advanced level than we are oh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've done so well in the mission. They've been re- rewarded with with more grain. <laughs> you just do one mission and then you retire. They don't yeah. they don't need much from us. Oh, that's brilliant. And all the pigeons live happily ever after. Well, thankfully, yes, radar caught up and then the pigeons can be left alone. But we will move on from pigeons to talking about something that is a little bit more high-tech. Okay. And that is the world of Jose Monkey and just how easy it is to figure out where you were when you videoed that video that you think no one will ever figure out your location from. There is a man who will tell you where it was and it may be easier to find out where you were than you think. I can't believe you got Jose Monkey. I can't wait for it. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to part two of Why Would You Tell Me That? Now, today we're going to talk about just how easy it might be to find you online, as in where you are or where you may have been. We are joined on the line by a man who a lot of you will know, at least 1.2 million of you will know (laughs) if his TikTok is anything to go by. Hello, Jose Monkey. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Nice to talk with you guys. So for people who don't know your work, can you explain what you do in your famous one-liner? Sure. So um, anyone who's seen my videos know that I like to say, hi, I'm Jose Monkey, and I find people who ask to be found. Uh, I think it does require a bit of explanation, though. So what I mean when I say that is that if people send me videos uh, and ask me to do so, I will try to figure out where they recorded the videos based on clues that I observe in the videos that they sent. And I do that by looking you know, for various different information that I can then you know, perform searches, dig into that, and, and try to figure out the location. And we should say that these videos, they're not people's houses because then it's quite difficult for you to say where they are without giving away personal details about them. So that's more of an OnlyFans thing that Dave is into. We'll give you a link for that later on. This I make a lot more... of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you get paid in Lemsip and butter vouchers. You don't get paid in hard cash. So how did you get into this at, at the start, Jose? 
Um, well, you know, it's it's hard to say exactly. I um, I've always had an interest in doing this sort of thing. I think many years ago, I discovered um, that uh, you know I was looking at a a photo or a video. I don't remember what, and um, thinking to myself, it was something I saw online that didn't uh, identify where it was from. And I remember thinking to myself, I wonder if I could just figure out where that was. I'd really like to know. And there were a couple times when I had that thought and I tried to figure it out and I realized that I could. And once I did that, that was a bit of a, a rush for me. It was like solving a puzzle. It was very exciting. So once I you know, started doing that, it became just kind of like a, you know, a passing interest for me, a bit of a hobby that uh, I've been doing really for a long time, for more than 10 years. I've been doing things like that. And, and there are other folks who are interested in that sort of thing. Um, you know, on the Internet, you can find people who are interested in geolocation, which I didn't know when I first got into it. Right. I was going to ask you about that because I, I do watch uh, the occasional GeoGuessr video. And again, if anybody doesn't understand that, it's it's guys who will sit using a version of, I presume, some kind of Google Maps, whatever. They get dropped in at a certain location and there are rules. Sometimes they can move within the location along street views. Sometimes they can't. Sometimes they can spin. Sometimes they can't. And the idea is how close can they guess where they are? And right. it's measured literally in, in kilometers. I mean, you can like you see a guy click a a random city in, you know, in Morocco, and he's like four kilometers away from where he's, where he's actually dropped. People get startlingly close. Uh, I've, I've played a bit of Geo, GeoGuessr myself. I enjoy it, as you would imagine. And and yeah, that game has been around now for, I, I think they just had their 10-year anniversary that, um, that they've been doing that. And there's some people who are just amazingly good at it. Yeah, the, the, um, the only difference, though, between your videos and the GeoGuessr, well, not the only difference, but one of the key differences for me is the GeoGuessers, when they click their pin, the software tells them how close they are. Whereas, you know, your verification process seems to be a little bit different. Yes. So it's funny, people, um, obviously people make the GeoGuessr comparison quite a lot when they see my videos. And one of the things that I often say is that in some ways what I'm doing is easier and in some ways it's harder. Because in GeoGuessr, you're really supposed to only use what's shown to you in the game. You're, you're supposed to use just what's on screen and based on only those images, you're not supposed to be off searching in another window or, you know, looking on your phone. Um, you have to try to figure it out and then, you know, make your guess on the map. And then it is nice that it tells you right away. The good news is you can also move all around, but depending on the rules of the game you're playing, right? So in some ways, it's harder for me because I don't get to move the camera. I get to see what the people showed me and that's it. But I do have the ability to go look for things. If I see a sign for, you know, the name of a business, I can go search for that business on the internet and try to figure out where it is. So, you know, the rules are a bit different and uh, the way that it's played is a bit different. And then, yes, really the only verification that I typically have before I post it is my own confidence in whether or not I have uh, found enough points to confirm, you know, what I'm looking at. And usually I'm I'm very, very confident when, when I post that it is the uh, right location. And so far, fingers crossed, I have not been wrong. Um, I have had a few cases where I was like mostly sure and asked people to please confirm because I was a little nervous about it. But so far, that's worked well for me. Let's stick with that for a second. You said you need people to confirm sometimes because normally you can do it on, on say, Google Google Street View. I was looking at one. I, I think you could, it could be described as one of your most challenging ones. Talk us through the one in Somalia that you got. Yes, that one was very difficult and, and very satisfying because, um, you know, people often will, will comment on my videos and, and say like, oh, hey, try it someplace where there are no, you know, major stores. Try it not like people often joke about the fact that if it's a parking lot in the U.S., you know, there are lots of businesses and they're like, oh, we'll try it someplace else. So in that particular video, which ended up being in Somalia, 
it was, you know, a, a street in, um, you know, some area of Somalia where there were not a lot of signs to be seen and of the writing that was available. Much of it was not in English. And there's also no Google Street View in, at least in that area of Somalia. I'm not sure how the coverage is generally. And um, the way that I was able to find it, and at first I was like, wow, this is going to be really hard. And it was. But the method that I used is um, initially I found a sign that was readable and it was readable enough that I was able to piece together what it said and <laughs> plug it into Google Translate. And what it said wasn't even so important um, so much as it identified um, that it was in Somali. So that told me that it was very likely in Somalia. So once I knew that, at least I had a country. I was like, countries are big, though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. it, it, and it's it's funny because, um, you know, people will often, you know, say things like that. And when they comment on my videos, they'll say like, oh, I knew it was Texas immediately. Or I knew it was someplace immediately. And there's, their guess is rather wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Precise. But once I knew it was Somalia, um, in order to find it, I still needed something else to narrow the search. And the only things I really was able to find in that particular video was one rather blurry sign that said uh, some unfamiliar name and then it said factory and I was able to piece together what I thought the name of the factory was and then I visually I was able to see that there was a, a mosque that had um, these uh, ra rather distinctive green domes on on the top of the, the building and so long story short I looked for the name of the factory that um, that I was trying to find found a few different locations around the country looked in the the more you know populated areas and then when I zoomed in to look at one particular location, I saw what looked like the same domes on, domes. A, on a building. So I was like, I think that's the mosque. So that one had me quite nervous um, about whether or not I was actually right, because that was the best I could do to confirm it. I had no street view to use to uh, to really you know be certain. How long does that take? What, like, How long is the longest you've ever spent in one video? Oh, geez. Um, well, it, it varies quite, quite a lot. Some videos that are very quick are... You know, j just a handful of minutes, um, typically. Some are, you know, just you know, two or three minutes if they're really easy. Um, but certainly, it ranges anywhere from several minutes to several hours. Um, some of the harder ones um, typically will end up being, you know, multiple sessions of me sitting down, looking at it for a while, and maybe getting frustrated and coming back to it later. So yeah, the longer ones definitely are counted in in hours. I would say. You say you've never been wrong. Is that because you have control? over the videos that you post? I mean, are there videos, you don't have to reveal your secrets, but I'm just no, no, wondering. That's a great question. Are, yeah, are there videos you have failed on and gone, do you know what, I'm not gonna post that? Absolutely. So yeah, th that is a, a common comment that I get um, from folks, especially who are you know incredulous about what I'm doing. And they will say that, you know, well, it seems amazing because he only posts the ones that he finds, which if they took a you know a little while to check, they would they would discover that I actually post failure compilations from time to time okay, where I right. show videos that I, legitimately looked for and was unable to find. Um, sometimes if I receive a video, it, it is sometimes the case that somebody will send me a video that is in the middle of the woods or, you know, someplace yeah, like yeah, just, yeah. there's, there's just no, no way. Yeah, and I'll yeah. tell them, I'll, I will just tell them right out. Like, I'm not going to be able to find that. But when I do get a video that I think I can find and I spend time on it and, and unable to find it, then usually I'll put that on the list to make a, you know, a compilation, a compilation yeah. of the videos yeah. I'm unable to find. So, so when I say that I haven't been wrong, like when people say like, have you ever been wrong? Usually what I'd say is there are ones I've been unable to find, but so far I haven't said, I think it's this and had yeah. someone tell me it's not that. Okay, so, great. So far. Yeah. 
And presumably you've gotten better and better because, I mean, I, I was watching one video. I think it was probably the first video I saw of yours. And you went, I saw this water tower in the distance and that's southwest because if you look at where the sun is and the shadow's falling, it's this time and this is the direction we're looking in. And I was like, Jesus Christ, he's Henry the Navigator <laughs> or something. Yeah. So presumably like there's, there's stuff that you get better and better at and you apply to every video. I think that's that's probably true. I mean, at this point, I I do. Um, I mean, I make videos pretty much every day, at, and so so I'm finding locations every day, and I've been doing that, you know, for several months at this point. Actually, I guess it's coming up on a year soon. But so I feel like I definitely have you know honed my skills in doing that. I know what things I should be looking for. Um, you know, what kinds of things are likely to get me um, you know better results. What clues are likely to lead to you know to more information. So would would one of those clues be like front registration plates on cars for example yes absolutely that that is one that comes up a lot because in the united states 20 currently i think it's 20 of the 50 states uh, do not require a, a license plate um, on the front of your car so that that tends to narrow it down and then you know and also it, it can help that it's mostly in the southeastern united states where that is is true so that that can be a thing that that is helpful yeah Aren't you lucky that you're alive now, uh, you know, in 2023? Because I'm thinking, like, even if this were back in, you know, the 90s, oh, yeah. you might you might possibly have gained enough notoriety that a local news channel would come to your house and say to your parents, what does Jose do? Well, we can show him pictures of a random street in an encyclopedia, and he can tell us really accurately where it is. It's crazy. And then they go, okay, here's the weather with John. Like, and no one would ever right. hear of you. But now <laughs> you've got millions of followers on TikTok. You post videos every day. This format is built for things like this. This is just such consumable content. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really, I mean, we live in amazing times. Um, I mean, first of all, the things I do would be largely not possible uh, if it weren't for the technology that we have, right? Like, uh, no matter how good you are at recognizing locations, you you really only recognize the ones that you've seen personally, unless you see them somehow, you know, yeah. through film or, or uh, you know, on the internet. Um, so, you know, the fact that the technology exists, that you're able to see places you've never been to, which is a thing that I, I say to folks a lot. They're like, you know, have you been to any of these places? I've been to almost none of the places that I locate. <laughs> um, so I'd love to go to some of them sometime. But yeah, the technology is so advanced in that there's access to information, access to, to such advanced tools that, you know, really the tools are a big part of it and knowing how to use the tools that are available is a huge part of what I do, right? Like there's there's no magic really in what I'm doing. So unless that video that you were sent from Somalia was in Black Hawk Down a few years ago, you're not <laughs> finding out where it was basically. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the tools there. So talk us through some of the tools and like uh, explain to people what a reverse Google uh, search is then. Oh, right. Like a reverse image search. Yeah. yeah an image search. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, if you think about how people tend to use Google, it's that you type in words and then it will take those words and try to find those words on other places on the internet and bring you back results, right? With a re reverse image search, you're doing essentially the same thing, but with an image. So you give Google an image or Google or there are other tools that do it, but one of the more popular ones is Google Lens. Um, so if you give Google Lens an image, it will try to find images that match that um, online for, based on, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions probably of images that they have cataloged, right? And and it can be a really powerful tool to to um, identify um, objects or in, in my case, sometimes to help you figure out um, where something is. 
I use it all the time. I, I collect sneakers and guitars. And occasionally I'll come across a guitar and go, what is that? Or a pair of sneakers and go, I know they're this, but I don't know why that color is this way, whatever. And you put it in, all of a sudden you find like someone's catalog. And you're like, oh, thank you very much, guy in Denmark who has got this random, you know, completely uh, rare collection of uh, hand-built guitars and knows exactly what it is. But it is very useful from that point of view. And is the point of this, you know, apart from your curiosity at the start, was it also to demonstrate to people how easy it, can, it is and you know just to be mindful of what they're doing because i saw one lovely video that was sent to you by i think it was uh, girl guides or our scouts and they were going for their internet safety badge and their their leader was essentially saying can you figure out where i, f- I filmed this because i want right. to show the girls that they just need to be careful online that is a uh a cause that's important to me um, to help people um, really to raise awareness for people about the potential risks of of sharing information online. So, so yes, it's it's a hobby for me. It's something I enjoy doing. Um, you know, locating videos like this. But I realized when doing it that it might be something that people would both find interesting and entertaining, but that people could also learn from. So yeah, I do try to to spread that you know, the message of, you know, be careful what you post. And, and I feel like it's, it's resonating with people because now sometimes people, I will see, they tag me in other people's videos and say like, be careful what you're posting. You're posting this outside of your house. Go watch Jose Monkey's videos. If you, you know, don't know why that's dangerous. Do you think your skill set is likely to be hijacked by law enforcement? Because I think they should be using you. I mean, like there are a lot of scenarios, be it you know, cold cases or, you know, abductions or any kinds of things that I can see them needing somebody with your skills. Yeah. So I, I have actually been contacted a couple times by law enforcement, um, just, you know, through, through emails. Um, and a few times, uh, mostly it's been, uh, asking if there were places that they, um, that I could recommend to them where they might, um, train folks to do the kinds of things that I do. So far, I haven't really had a lot of people asking me to like actually work on specific cases. I did have uh, you know one or two um, that reached out. Honestly, I've also had um, somewhat shady characters reach out that um, maybe aren't police and are claiming to be. So can so you, you help me find this person? <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The answer to your question, Dave, is you won't be caught anytime soon. Is, is basically <laughs> what it was concerned about some videos that are out there, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and and honestly, you know, the the thing I mentioned about you know shady characters contacting me is something that um, I feel like it's I I try really hard to make this point to to folks um, whenever I talk about this is that I only do this for people who ask me to do it, and right. I am very cautious of the danger of someone trying to see what I'm doing, take someone else's video and send it to me and say. Hey, Jose Monkey, can you find my video that I sent you and tell me where it is? Um, so, you know, that is something I was very concerned about for a while. I had a lot of people send me comments asking, you know, how do you guard against that? And so I, uh, a few months ago, introduced a change to my, um, to the, you know, rules, what rules exist. There aren't really any rules to the game so sure. much. But the, the main rules I have in place right now are when you send me a video, you need to appear in the video saying, you know, find me Jose Monkey or something like that. Or if you don't want to come on camera, you can hold up a sign that says the same thing. But I need some way of knowing that it's it's actually a video that came from somebody who wants me to do that. Because otherwise, I could just take anybody's video and just send it. And I could even overlay, you know, a graphic that says find me Jose Monkey or a voiceover that says find yeah. me Jose Monkey. Yeah. Have you ruined Where's Waldo for a generation of children? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that was the real question in this. Um <laughs> There's a brilliant video, Dave, that I, I like the videos where 
you think, how the hell is he going to figure this out? And there's a genuine kind of, uh, you've used all your experience and you flip things around. You're going to love this one. A guy right. jumps out. A guy jumps out of a plane, Dave, and goes, "I know. Find that. Look at the ground. Find that." And holds it finds, it. finds it within about two minutes. So that one was really fun. Um, that video came to me not long after my TikTok account first, you know, had one of the first videos go viral and was starting to get some, uh, you know, larger numbers of viewers. And this person sent it to me, and I, I'm sure they thought they had me stumped with that one. And as soon as I saw it, I knew I had to try to do it. And at first, I thought, like, uh, you know, they show you a bit of the ground um, as they're as they're falling through the air, <laughs> yeah. and I thought, well, you know, maybe I, maybe I can spot something there if it's you know if it's very distinctive or something like that. But what I found was um, a key clue that um, I didn't anticipate, which was as the person starts to jump out of the, the airplane, you can very briefly see the tail number on the the small plane that they're jumping out of, and. Using that information, there are there are websites uh, that exist that you can put in tail numbers for you know various different aircraft and figure out where they were at different you know different points in time where they left from where they you know departures arrivals. I was able to determine that this particular plane it was owned by a company that did exactly this kind of thing where they would go up and people would you know would uh, skydive and so they tended to fly out of the same airport in Pennsylvania all the time and just go up and do a circle and come back. And once I knew that, I was like, okay, I know what airport it is. And then when I looked at the video knowing that, I realized, uh, you know, that you can see the the town that is right near that airport and using, you know, Google Map, uh, uh, you know, like the, the 3D view. <laughs> Sorry about my dog. It's using right. Maps, uh, you know, 3D view, I was able to kind of orient it and make things line up. So, so yeah, I was able is your dog's name Google Maps by any chance? <laughs> or is your dog going, wait a minute, I do all the work. I use my nose, I sniff it out, I'm getting no credit here. <laughs> no, my dog my dog is uh is not is not able to help with most searches here, but uh <laughs> yeah, but he's he's a good boy. I am slightly disappointed. If I had one criticism with that video, uh, Jose, he says you are in the air over this part of Pennsylvania. Now you just said in the air. I sure. mean, if you were really, really, really on your game, you would have done enough jumps out of the plane and compared your videos to the other videos <laughs> and told them exactly the how altitude. high and the altitude. <laughs> I'm just saying, when you hit 2.4 million, you could maybe do Sweet. that. That's yeah, that's uh, that's the next next level. I'll try to get there. And, and given that this is about, um, I mean, it is a game. Um, there's a degree of you know of privacy issues that you're trying to draw attention to as you become more famous. Is that a weird kind of balancing act to do? Because presumably people now see you on the street if you've already 1.2 million followers and they're going, here, that's Jose Monkey. Are you finding that a bit weird? Or It, it is. It is very weird. Um, so, so yeah, I have um, had the experience of being recognized when I'm out, you know, just doing grocery shopping. Um, <laughs> so that is that is a little bit weird. And, you know, and part of what makes it, I guess, weird for me um, in my specific situation is because of the thing I'm doing, you know, on on social media, where I am finding people and figuring out where they are, there are going to be a certain number of people who are really interested in saying, oh, I should try to find Jose Monkey. Granted, I try to impress upon people that we're finding people who ask to be found here. We're not yeah. just finding anybody. So I, you know, hopefully people get that message and, you know, respect um, everyone's privacy. So, you know, it does make it um, a bit of a... Uh, thing that I need to be mindful about because as I'm well aware, the things that you post can easily be used to find you if you're not careful. And so, you know, as my account has gotten bigger and, you know, people uh, know who I am, it makes me, uh, you know, even that more um, 
you know, careful about what I post because I, you know, I'm just trying to live my life and, and be private like we all are. So, you know, I, I'm hoping to, uh, you know, not have anybody uh, do anything like that. Uh, that would be not cool. I've recorded your dog's bark. I'm trying to figure out what accent it has. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to check. Well, the way it echoed off the walls, I'd say he's somewhere in Delaware. And um, do people try and prank you? And because I am such a child that would 100% try. I'd have like four cars with main registration plates, but it would be in Rhode Island or something like that. Do people do that sort of stuff? I mean, it's kind of outside the remit and, and the, the spirit of the game. But do they try and put you off sometimes? Absolutely. I've had um, a few different scenarios where people, um, I, you, people are usually good sports about it. I don't think mm. they um, try to make it so difficult. But for example, I just got a video that somebody sent me yesterday where he sent the video and he, he told me, I think he couldn't, couldn't resist telling me that I think there's something in there that'll throw you for a loop. And I, I right away picked up on the fact that I think that the license plate of the car in front of him is from out of state. And he probably, I think people see stuff like that and they're like, oh, I'm going to send this video to Jose yeah. Monkey. This will get him. He thinks it's, yeah. you know, in this state, but it's, it's not really. So, so there are definitely people who will opportunistically, I guess, try to find, you know, places that might throw me off like that. I had one individual who, I don't know if it was just a bit of a, a goof or what, if he just thought it'd be funny, but he sent me a video where he was affecting a bit of an accent that was not his actual way of speaking. Right. Um, I, th- I think he was trying to do a Scottish accent, but it, I I did not want to accuse the person yeah, of faking yeah, an yeah. accent for the video, especially because I typically don't look at people's other videos or their profile or anything when before I find them. So I had no way of knowing if he was actually Scottish, but it didn't sound to me like any Scottish accent I'd ever heard. So <laughs> was it, it was, Mike um, Myers? Was that who it was? <laughs> it, was not, it was not. Well, as far as I know, it was not. It didn't look like him unless he had re- a really good costume. <laughs> Find um, me, I'm a fat bastard. <laughs> <Do you remember laughs> that? So maybe it was maybe it was Mike Myers, but um, but he he was in Idaho, I believe it was. Okay. So um, so yeah, it was not. And and of course, accents can trip you up because people move all over. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a personal question, but I'm always intrigued by accounts that blow up like this and, and you've millions of followers now, you know, Neil and I can only dream of having that kind of a number. Um, mm-hmm. But like you talk about the videos you get sent, are you sent an unmanageable amount of videos or are, are you able to hand pick the ones that you know? Or how do you how do you trawl through that? Yeah, it's it's um, it's quite a lot. So early on, it was probably a manageable number where Every single video I was tagged in, I would, you know, I would add it to a list and I would try to get to as many as possible. At this point, it's it's really um, a bit of an unmanageable number. My notifications on TikTok are really, they're almost always just pinned at 99 plus. I can't, right. I can't keep them cleared for more than 10 seconds. But right. um, so I know that I miss a lot of videos that people tag me in. I try to, to um, you know, view as many of them as I can. And I do add you know, all the ones that I view, unless I know they're going to be impossible and I tell the person right away, I add it to my list and I try to get to it, but the list is growing and I am, you know, I'm a bit concerned that um, they're coming in faster than I can do them. So, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not an equation that works well. I wonder what the Chinese government thinks you do, because I imagine the algorithm <laughs> is just showing yeah. videos been sent to you every single day. I wouldn't be worried about randomers. I'd be worried about the Chinese state security services kicking in your door <laughs> and dragging you out of wherever you live. And that bark being the last thing you ever hear. 
Yeah, people people have uh, have said before that they they think that either you know a government or you know some cartel is going to come you know abduct me to to force me to use my skills uh, you know for for whatever purposes they want <laughs> for me the to. Purposes, yeah. And then sorry, the personal thing that I was maybe going to hint at was we hear about artists say on Spotify and they're huge artists and they give out that for every stream of my song i get 0.00000 cent and therefore i only made this much money whatever are you able to monetize this at all is there any way you can actually make money on tiktok and is there a chance that you, this could become an actual way of making a living yeah so i i don't know how um how it works in in different countries where tiktok is available um i know that in in the u.s they do have um a couple different monetization programs um they have an older one called the Creator Fund and one called um, the Creativity Program, which is is a newer uh, program that's in in beta at the moment. They're still kind of working out the kinks on that one, but um, but yeah, there are criteria that people need to get to. You have to have a certain number of followers, produce a certain number of videos before you're able to sign up for that. And um, and so so yeah, I'm I mean I'm in those programs. Um, it's I think it is it is well known that TikTok's, uh, TikTok's model of uh, monetization does not really compare to what people are doing on, say, YouTube. I think that people are, are earning quite a lot more money on YouTube than they are on TikTok, at least based on my understanding of, you know, sure. things that I've seen. So yes, it is something that, you know, I'm, I'm able to take advantage of now that my account has gotten a little bit bigger. It's not exactly like quit your job type uh, right. scenario. So like I, I, I work a full-time job. I do this, you know, as a, as a bit of a, a hobby, and uh, it is nice that it, you know I am able to take advantage of that program, but it's not uh, it's not going to make me a rich man anytime soon. Sure, sure. I think we probably have time for one more video, and it's probably the video or video explanation. It's probably the video that took you the longest, or certainly one of them. Tell Dave about the one. This is mad. I mean, this was a series of videos from Arkansas, I think. Yes, yeah that that guy was um, it. It was really fun um, because you know he was totally game for the the whole process. He he knew when he sent me the first video that he sent me that it was probably impossibly hard unless yeah. you knew where it was. It was a series of three videos that he sent me. The first two, um, it just showed him walking across like a footbridge and there's some trees. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing. And then the next one, he follows that same path through the woods and it opens up to a parking lot. Uh, so, or I guess maybe a car park. You guys probably call them car parks. Do you call yeah. them that? So th those are the first two videos. And and still, that really wasn't going to get me very close. Um, but then he was, uh, I guess, kind enough to um, to send me a third video. He took pity on me and he realized that, you know, I probably needed more information than that. And so then he recorded a third video where he walked around in that parking lot for a bit. Now... Like I said, a lot of the videos I do, people send me videos from, you know, parking lots in, you know, various different shopping centers and things like that, where there are lots of stores around. But that was not the case in this particular video. Um, it was just just cars and, uh, you know, some buildings off in the distance, just glimpses of them, but no, no writing really. Um, there was very little that I was able to find. And he was very careful to try not to show me anything that would be too, you know, too big of a clue. Fortunately, um, I was able to see a few things. And one of them was, um, despite his best efforts to not show me any of the license plates on the cars, I did catch a glimpse of a plate that told me that it was in Arkansas. And on that same car, I also saw a um, sticker that identified the car dealer where the car was purchased. Right. Now, uh, 
that again is you know one of those things where like well you know cars move around it's not like it's <laughs> they're native yeah. Yeah. they've got wheels <laughs> yeah but but you know more often than not it's it, I, I say this all the time just about license plates in general people say like well what if the car is not in the state you know where it's registered but more often than not it's a really it solid is. clue i mean uh, sometimes it's it's not true but so anyway i saw the the car dealer and the arkansas plate I was able to figure out where that car dealer was. So I figured it's probably near there. And then beyond that, all I really had was that there were um, some electrical transmission lines. You could see the the power lines. And there are some tools that you can use. It's not your standard like Google Maps type tools that your you know everyday folks use to, to search for things. But there are ways of searching on uh, like on OpenStreetMap to find specific features like that, where you can see like like, power lines. Like power, where you can see power lines. You can search for wow, um, you know, train tracks, things like that. So what I was able to do was you know look for where there were different um, you know transmission lines um, in Arkansas in that area, you know, near where I was looking. He had also told me in one of the comments that it was near uh, um, an, an interstate. You know, it was one of the the larger okay. highways in the area. So then. Um, you know, based on on those clues, I just I you know I looked at where those things were on the map, and I tried to find a, a large parking lot near there. And I looked at a lot of parking lots, but I eventually found it. And that was one of the ones that, like I said, took it was multiple sessions, and it was counted in in hours, not minutes. Wow. Oh, do you think you could sell the information that you actually garner? So, like, if you, I don't know, do you know what dogging is? <laughs> Jesus, Neil. <laughs> I, I think I know what you're talking about, but yeah. yeah. Okay. But like you could go back and go, I have found this this person. <laughs> but I've noticed that all these other car parks are almost disused and are very quiet. I'm, I'm badly lit. <laughs> On my website, here's the nine top docking parking lots. I'm just saying it's another income stream. That's all I've said. It's, um, it's an idea. It is an idea. What a lovely thing to I say. I did actually. I, I did actually have someone contact me recently with um with sort of a business proposal saying like, hey, I have this business that does this sort of thing. Um, I I don't want to mention what, what it was, but um, what he was looking for was you know if I gave you certain criteria, could you look on the map and tell me you know where would be a good place? It's not something I've ever actually done, and it turns out I don't think I have the um, the time to help this particular person with what yeah. he's looking to do. But it was intriguing because um, I think. You know, like like you're saying, the kind of thing I'm doing is opening people's eyes to what kinds of information is out there. If you know, thankfully, not everybody thinks like Neil Delamere does. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, yeah, yeah. we'd all be in trouble. If you want to invest in www.dumpabodysafely.com, you can send your money here to Neil and Dave. And why would you tell me? Will AI, do you think, either help you or indeed replace you? I was just thinking of. I met a guy recently, and he was into machine learning. And actually, machine learning separated food like potatoes from stones in in a factory and and it could identify these things for example you don't know what the trees look like neither do i neither does dave but if if machine learning can identify trees for example you know and somebody does send you a picture of them in the forest in, in two years maybe we will be able to tell exactly where that person is so do you think there is a role for that you'll still be doing this in two years or do you know it's that's a really great question it's one i think about a lot honestly um because I think it's getting very close to, to that point where, um, you know, AI will be able to do exactly what I'm doing much more quickly than I'm doing it. Right now, um, I don't think it's quite there. I think it is, um, actually, I just read an article that was really um, interesting that was basically posing the same question. It's like, to what extent can you use AI tools to, um, or, or uh, particularly like chat GBT, things like that, you know, just generative AI type solutions to, um, to do geolocation? 
And I think that the the conclusion that the article it was a really great article, but the conclusion that the article came to was that if you're relying on that alone as the way of finding places right now, you're probably not going to be happy with the results. Like the person got a lot of like, you know, results sometimes that were close, but it was unclear how the AI even you know, arrives at that solution, or in some cases, it was just wrong. I mean, sometimes these, you know, chat GPT will just fabricate things yeah. sometimes because it's just trying to say something that it believes has a high probability of being right, whether it's right or not. Um, so I think the state of it right now is that um, it's not it's not quite there yet, but it's going to keep getting better. And uh, for the time being, I think it actually has a lot of potential for people. Um, if you're doing geolocation as like, a, you know, part of, uh, you know, like a, a job, not for like a hobby or entertainment like I'm doing, um, then I think there are a lot of opportunities to use AI as um, a tool in your process to to help you to you know maybe search through candidate locations more quickly or something like that. But yeah, um, just being able to do it, you know, anybody typing in, you know, putting a picture or video into an AI and finding out where it is. I don't think it's there yet, but it's probably coming faster than we realize. I'm just thinking even of, of a location scout on a on a movie. You know, a friend of mine is a is a director of, of uh, drama TV. Uh, in the UK, and he will obviously scout locations and have people scout locations for him. But I can imagine being able to type in, you know, what it is you're looking for and be given a list of potential locations as opposed yeah. to driving to a city you don't know or a country area you don't know, looking, just aimlessly driving or asking locals or hoping you'll find something where you could narrow that thing down that could, that could save money in the long run. Yeah, I think that's, you know, what a lot of people are starting to, to figure out. And I, I think that it's going to keep getting, you know, in, it'll be increasingly better at doing that, you know, as we go forward. Uh, Jose, thanks a million for your time. I think myself and Dave are going to go off and engineer a video and send it through and see if you can find it now, because I'm just, I'm curious. Uh, Neil, he already knows it's in Ireland. I mean, we're, we're going to have to travel to make yeah. it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, but we can travel. Also, I can get you a selection of hats, a moustache, and uh, you do speak four languages. So listen, this is a Don't challenge. Don't undersell my linguistic abilities. Seven. <laughs> seven. Yes. He, yes, he does speak seven languages, one of which is reasonably comprehensive. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today and if you want to check out Jose Monkey at TikTok is where he's biggest 1.2 million followers you can find there and maybe ask him send a picture of yourself or, or a picture of you holding a sign saying find me Jose Monkey and he will do just that thanks Jose thank you Welcome back to part three of Why Would You Tell Me That? So, Jose Monkey, Dave, thoughts, class, huh? <laughs> oh, what a man. What a fascinating individual and a genuinely brilliant warning for everybody uh, that your privacy is not your privacy if it's on the internet. Like, it ain't happening. And from now on, when you see a car that has no front range, you'll be like, there are a certain number of states in America that you don't have to have. And that's... <laughs> he's just, I love him. I think he's absolutely amazing. And just a brilliant get as well to get Jose Monkey himself, the man from TikTok. There is a degree of creativity in what he does, isn't there? Like he's yeah. trying to figure out different ways and uh, and it will be very interesting to see if AI does change things. But maybe we get him on next year and C-3PO will be in his place. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Quite so, possibly so. Wh what do you got for me next week? Okay, next week, Neil, I'm going to tell you about the pensioner who cycled the length of Sweden twice to prove a point. Oh, stubborn <laughs> elderly. I absolutely love it. <laughs> it's on the way next week. Thanks a million for listening.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.